بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم We continue the class on Hajj and uh, we continue also talking about Tawaf There is a place, <coughs> Tawaf means uh, circulation, going around. There is a, there is, or uh, circumambulation, the, there is a place uh, close to the Kaaba there. Part of it is from the Kaaba considered, but most is not this is called the hijr this is called the hijr and it's a wall it is a wall a curved wall from the northern side of the Kaaba uh, common Muslims mistakenly refer to it as the hijr of Ismail the hijr of Ismail and subhanallah how could Ismail have this hijr and he did not know anything about it since it was built a long time after Ismail alayhi salam built by the Quraysh So it is wrong to call it the Hijr of Ismail and it's even worse to think that Ismail السلام, is buried there and it's even worse to think that Ismail is buried there by this wall or under this wall. So most of this wall is not from the Kaaba only around six arms length of it are from the Kaaba and therefore it's incorrect to perform Tawaf at the stone even from the outer side of the Kaaba it is incorrect Also, the person should remember to cover his aura from the navel to the knees.
This is for men. As for women, she covers her entire body. Case is <coughs> Tahara purification from the minor ritual impurity a must for tawaf the majority of the scholars of Islam are on the opinion that tahara purification from the minor as well as the major ritual impurities is a must for tawaf to be correct and they cited the following as evidence Surah Al-Baqarah 2 125 قال الله تعالى أن طهراء بيتي للطائفين والعاكفين والركع السجود And we command Ibrahim and Ismail that they should purify my house for those who are circum circumambulating it or staying for etikaf or bowing or prostrating themselves there in prayer. This is one evidence. The other evidence is the hadith of Ibn Abbas where he said, At-tawafu bil-bayti salah Circumambulating the house is salah. It's prayers. Except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed talking while circulating the Kaaba. This is the second evidence. And the third evidence is the saying of the Prophet وسلم, to Aisha when she got her menses, he told her, If Ali ma yaf'alu al Hajj do that which the pilgrim does غَيْرَ أَنْ لَا بِالْبَيْتِ except that you don't circumambulate the house Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah went to the opinion that Ritual purity or tahara is not a condition, meaning the wudu is not a condition for tawaf. He went to the opinion that wudu is not a condition for tawaf. And he answered these evidences cited earlier by saying, 
<coughs> that the hadith of Ibn Abbas concerning the salah concerning the tawaf being salah is incorrect as raised to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because he said its meaning is incorrect and that it opposes the salah in many things other than the kalam, other than the speech. From that, standing in tawaf is not a condition, while in salah, standing is a condition. So, if the person makes the tawaf crawling, then his tawaf is sahih. And from that, it is not condition. It is not a condition to make takbir for tawaf. But salah requires takbiratul ihram. The takbirah of commencing the salah or entering the salah. And from that is tawaf. It's not a condition for it to face the qibla. But it's a must that the bait, the house be to the left of the person making the tawaf and from that it is not conditioned to recite it is not a condition for tawaf to recite the fatiha or any other surah and from that there is no ruku' or sujood there is no bowing or prostrating during tawaf and there is no tasbih declaring uh, making the tasbih subhana rabbi al-azim like in ruku' or subhana rabbi al-a'la like like in sujood in salah and from that it is permissible to eat and drink during tawaf while in salah it is not permissible to eat nor to drink and from that <coughs> laughing does not nullify the tawaf but it nullifies the salah and other differences. You therefore come to the conclusion that there are a lot of differences between the Salah and Tawaf. And the speech of the Rasul of the Prophet والسلام, it's a must that it is concise and not to be opposed and refuted by any means or by any way. So therefore, he concluded that this narration from Ibn Abbas لا تصح مرفوعة إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم It is incorrect to say that it is raised to the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم Rather it is restricted to the saying of Ibn Abbas Now if someone says Well what about Ibn Abbas? Shouldn't the saying of Ibn Abbas be a hujjah, a proof? The answer, and the qawla al-sahabi, remember this is another benefit as to the sayings of the sahaba, which you may add to the earlier benefits which we classified earlier. And the qawla al-sahabi, yakunu lahu hukmul rafa' idha lam yakun lil-ishtihadi fihi majal. The saying of a sahabi could take the ruling that it is raised to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as long as it, there is no room 
for ijtihad in it as, as long as there is no room this is concerning the hadith of Ibn Abbas as to the, as to the citing of the verse in Surah Al-Baqarah reciting, uh, as to the citing of the verse in Surah Al-Baqarah 2, 125 It does not mean that purifying the mosques from filth that the this does not require that the one circulating should be ritually pure from the minor ritual impurity. Had this been binding, then one would say that it is a must upon the person to make purification for the mere entrance to the masjid al-haram even though he may not need to do the tawaf and as you know this is not required a person may enter the masjid while in a state of ritual minor ritual impurity not having wudu Also, if this would have been the case, this would be also opposing to the Messenger وسلم, saying, Al-Mu'minu la yanjus. The believer is not impure. As to the hadith of Aisha, as well as the hadith of Safiya concerning the menstruation, the cause is not the lack of purity. The cause is that it is not permissible for the menstruating woman to stay in the masjid. And this does not necessitate obligation for tahara in tawaf. And therefore, the correct and prepon- the preponderating opinion that if the woman needs, is in need to make tawaf al-ifadah, the tawaf of hajj, while in her menses, this is permissible. However, she puts a pad on the place so as to absorb the blood lest it will uh, drip and cause impurity staining the medicine and therefore from that all we conclude that the preponderating opinion that it is not a condition to have ritual purity from the minor impurity during tawaf. However, there is no doubt that it is better and more perfect and in following to the Prophet and also because this is a major opinion of the majority of the scholars of Islam However, one sometimes will, would, would go to take the position of Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah in certain circumstances. Like, for example, if the person is making tawaf and then he nullifies his impurity, nullifies his purity, and it is very crowded, 
So to say that it is a must for him to leave and make wudu, then return amidst this crowd, and especially in cases where there is only a few rounds left for him to finish, then this is extreme hardship. And when there is extreme hardship, and there is no clear cut explicit proof, then we should not make it binding upon people. Rather than we follow that which is easier. Because making this binding upon people in that which is hard upon them without a clear dalil, without a clear evidence, is in opposition to the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah in 2, 185, where He subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرَ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرَ يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرَ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمْ الْعُسْرَ Allah intends for you ease and he does not want to make things difficult for you. Then after the person finishes the tawaf, then he goes to pray behind the maqam, uh, the station of Ibrahim السلام, because this is the action of the Prophet And he should when he approaches the place he should recite the following verse from Surah Al-Baqarah 2, 125. وَاتَّخِذُوا مِن مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُصَلَّى وَاتَّخِذُوا مِن مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ And take your people, the maqam of Ibrahim, or the stone in which Ibrahim stood while he was building the Kaaba as a place of prayer. Why Why should he recite this verse? So that he contemplates the benefit, the great benefit, that his action is a worship to Allah in compliance with his command, so that the turning to Allah is manifested and the submission to his commands is fulfilled the maqam of Ibrahim is known and it is called as such as maqam of Ibrahim maqam because Ibrahim qama alayhi qama alayhi stood on it alayhi salatu wassalam when the building of the Kaaba during the building of the Kaaba and when the construction uh, became tall so he put this uh, this uh, stone as to stand upon it is said that the place of his foot the print of his foot was clear on this stone but with time and with many people touching that then the the uh, the the place of his feet 
um, was gone the print historians differed where was this maqam set during the time of the Prophet والسلام, was it adjacent to the Kaaba or in its current place some of them said that it was right by the Kaaba adjacent to it touching it and that the person who moved it to this place now is Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu in order to make room for people circulating the Kaaba and some historians are with the opinion that it is still in its place and there is no decisive uh, proof between these two sayings then the person offers two rak'ah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala behind this maqam of Ibrahim alayhi salam the closer he is to the maqam the better however if the matter revolves between praying close to the maqam and being in almost constant movement because of the many people passing by him and because of also the noise and distractions people coming and going and between praying far from the maqam with tranquility if it revolves between these two then what will be the answer let me ask you which would be more meritorious a praying close to the maqam with the lot of uh, movements in salah due to the crowds and distractions and noise or praying away from the maqam but being in a better state of tranquility which one would be more meritorious to stay away to keep away this is in line with which principle this is in line with which principle which we studied yesterday with a very important benefit a principle in Sharia what does the principle say مراعات الفضيلة المتعلقة بذات العبادة أولى من المراعاة المتعلقة بزمانها ومكانها Now what does this mean? Taking consideration of the merits related to the essence of worship itself takes precedence over the consideration pertaining to the timing or place of the ibadah Now So if the person now moves back towards the mas'a and praise the 
two rak'ah, then in this case he had fulfilled the sunnah. And what should he recite during these two rak'ah? The sunnah came with that. He recites in the first, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ Of course, after the Fatiha. So he recites, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ And in the second he recites, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Because these are known as Surata al-Ikhlas The two chapters of, sin- of sincerity, of deen The first, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ Is purity and sincerity concerning the intention and قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ is sincerity of the creed so the tawheed in قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ is a convictional tawheed and in the قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ is a practical tawheed tawheed عملي قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ tawheed عقدي and قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ is a practical manifestation of Tawheed where the person disassociates from Kufr and its people. So it's a practical Tawheed. This brings the end of today's material. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it a benefit for me and for you. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.